1: Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bull, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined today by the Dream Team Riding Again, producer Dammer, a.k.a. Dallas Hammer, or his Christian name, Dallas Hammer. Dallas, how's it going?
0: It is going fantastic. For our audio listeners, I am in full Rams gear right now. I'm talking Rams hat. Rams t-shirt, Rams jersey, Rams socks. Honestly, I'd be wearing Rams underwear if I wore underwear.
1: Which you would already know about if you had subscribed to my OnlyFans, aka OnlyTubs account, <laughs> which you can be a part of if you uh, join Tubbs the Club Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash tubs the club to do that. And you will you'll join only tubbs. But today, anyone don't have to pay, but you could. Anyone can join us today. We're gonna talk about Uh, Jason Eck news he was of course announced we already did podcast about him being announced on Saturday but on Monday December 20th Jason Eck has press conference we're going to also talk about potential coaching news that we have both about incoming and outgoing staff when we start around the bar now around the bar brought to us by our friends at Hughes River Expedition Dallas first first thing we're going to talk about We're not going to replay the Jason Eck press conference, but if you want to, because ESPN plus is so much damn better than Pluto, you can still watch the Jason Eck press conference. Ignore the sound quality because there's clearly some mic issues for the first half of it, but that's not important. Uh, It was there. But if you're, if you listen, that problem does go away. The press conference was at the ICCU arena in the alumni club, whatever the heck, the nice place where rich people get to sit. That's where the uh, press conference was. Jason Eck announced as the 36th coach of the university of Idaho. We're going to react to the presser. So I'm going to throw it to Dallas. Uh, he talked, Jason Eck talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, most really Jason Eck's hitting all the right notes right now. And he, until he wins games, this is what he can do. But Dallas tell me, uh, Hey, what's the story of the Jason Eck press conference?
0: There's a couple different stories. Obviously, you, like you mentioned, he's hitting the right notes. Um, he's he's absolutely winning the media slash press conference tours, which is a is obviously a big a big deal. Um, we haven't had a coach that could do that in a decade. Uh, I do not. I was at the and I hate to keep referencing the old coach, but I was at the Paul Petrino press conference. The energy was not the same as what I saw on ESPN Plus. Uh, the social media reactions, or now obviously. Twitter was not what it is now 10 years ago, but the reaction was not this, uh, Eck is absolutely crushing it with every single thing he says. Um, he mentioned to me, there's two big things that he mentioned that I am just, I am in love with. Uh, the first one he has continued to refer to Idaho as the sleeping giant, uh, of FCS football, which is incredible. Uh, I love the fact that the guy thinks that they're he's going to come in here turn this into a, a powerhouse program. Now, obviously, every coach is going to do that, but the way he talks about it, it, there is some serious passion there for not only convincing the players and the team, but convincing all of the Vandal fans. Which, again, not something we've seen in quite a while. Uh, the other thing to me was and something, Brian, that you specifically mentioned uh, multiple times on this on previous iterations of the show. Eck said when asked about what, what the offense and defense was going to look like and what he was planning, he said, as a coach, you've got a scheme to the what your players do. You've got to coach to the best of their abilities and put them in positions to succeed. Did not go into detail about how he's going to go out there and run you know, the wing T or he's going to bring out the old, like the 46 bear uh, defense. He's not, he's, he didn't talk about anything formationally. He specifically just said, hey, look, we've got a bunch of talent here. I'm going to find ways to make them succeed. He, he did mention wanting a dual threat quarterback, but that was about that was about the the depth he's gotten into of the football discussion. It he hit the note of look, I'm not going to force players to play a system. I'm going to find a system to fit the players, and that's that's what you have to have in a coach. And I I just I love that. I am here. We are. I mean, we've known about Eck for a while now, but I am still just as ecstatic as I was ecstatic. Excuse me. Caught myself ecstatic. I am just as ecstatic as I was when we when we found out. It's only the excitement is only growing. Excitement is only growing.
1: Yeah, I've talked to some people privately. Uh, I'm going to shout out Martin Hot uh, Take, Hot Take Martin Heemstra contributes to the show, helps us out a lot, helps us out a lot behind the scenes, does a lot of our social media stuff. And he he was talking to me about after seeing the press conference. He's trying to temper expectations and not get too excited. I'm going the other way. We're going to get to the point of tempering expectations when the season rolls around and just remind people to not expect a championship just because we have a new guy right now. We're nine months away from games. Let your hair down guys. Let yourself be excited. Let yourself buy into this completely. I I've talked and we've talked about how it, had Joel Thomas, who was offered the job first, had he been our head coach, we think he would be exciting. The alumni base in a way that is maybe unique uh, X doing his darn best to excite the alumni base too. that sleeping giant motif where I've heard in the press conference. I have heard him ref. I have heard that term used multiple times. Now that's the motif they're sticking to. That's the right one where he, he's describing Idaho in some of his initial Twitter posts, which I only bring it up because he videos himself in a way that's kind of fun. It's like if he has some raw bakey to him, but a little more restrained, I've described him as the intersection of competence and fun right now which I think is a fair way to talk about him. But I think right now people should let themselves give themselves permission, be overly excited, give yourself permission to write that check, to the BSF, give yourself permission to get season tickets. And if maybe you thought you weren't going to at this point, the only thing we can do for the program and can do for the program is get people excited and get, but do the things that are going to get eyes on the team and butts in the seats at this point, he's doing everything that everything right. Um, so, I, I got to say, I don't have a ton of extra stuff to take away from the press conference. Other than in addition to the motif you brought up, in addition to building the team around talent, which we should be pretty dang happy about that. That's that's a modern outlook. Uh, we've are always been told he's an intelligent guy. He's given us every reason to believe that is that that is positively the case. Um, he did talk about trying to. Um, increase our recruiting footprint in what he referenced in the press conference was you look at the Montana schools, you look at the Dakota schools, they get some pretty good recruits out of lower population states like, the Mo- like Montana and the Dakotas. And what they do is the, the guys they get are not FBS players as freshmen. And I know we're talking about FCS school, but his comparison was, hey, how are the Dakotas getting FBS caliber players? Well, they're not as freshmen, but they develop guys. So that by the time they're juniors and seniors they're ready to contribute in a meaningful way. I, I really liked hearing what he talked about as far as uh, getting a Northwest or a West End Northwest recruitment footprint. He, uh, by name, referenced uh, Tracy Ford, former University of Idaho, University of Idaho player, we can look up position. Um, but he he helps run the, four. We, we can look up the name. He's involved heavily involved in recruitment development of Northwestern players out of Bellevue. We, that, Dallas is looking that up right now. Um, but anyway, he's saying the kind of things a lot of fans are going to like of getting local ish guys. If you can, that doesn't mean not get California guys, but if you can get local ish guys and develop them, that's great for getting guys on the program. That's great for getting people who might buy more into the culture of what he hopes the university of Idaho turns into. I, I don't really know what else to say that that we should take away from this other than this kind of feels, even though Eck was not initially, was not the first offer. This kind of feels emblematic of Idaho finally doubling down on FCS football in that we have a pro- guy proven at the FCS record who FCS level has got a record at the FCS level that gives us reason to be excited. And he's now talking about a template for Idaho to improve of other FCS schools. That's where we got to be. Where, do, mm-hmm. I don't care how you feel about the future conference realignment discussion. That's a different discussion that we will not have now because there's 9 million summer podcasts that will do it. This feels like Idaho getting its fan attempting to not only run the program at you know FCS level, duh, but getting fans to come back and accept. Look, this is where we are, guys, and we're going to be good where we're at. This is an FCS team. We brought in an FCS guy who's going to turn the program around.
0: I couldn't agree more with that, Brian. Um, it, it we we talked about that uh, just between the two of us sometime in the last week uh, that it, it does feel like this is the commitment to. Hey, look. It, I know there's still plenty of people that listen to this that think FBS for life, and trust me, if there was a conference that made sense for Idaho, like half the Big Sky went up or Idaho got an invitation into the Mountain West or God forbid never left the Pac what eventually became the Pac-12. uh Yes, absolutely, I'd love that, but it's not what happened. It's not where we're at. That's not likely to come for a very long time. We're in the Big Sky and we're going to be there for the foreseeable future so commit to a guy that has proven at almost everything at this level only thing he hasn't proven is can he be a head coach and i mean he's checking all the boxes right now now i know we have a fair amount of husky fans both involved with this podcast and that listen to this podcast and most of them would tell you that jimmy lake won the press conference uh i would argue he got hired specifically for the things he said about wazoo um, so the, you know, the, take that the kind of thing with a grain of salt, but man, I haven't been excited by a, an Idaho coach in a decade, and this is this is weird to me. Um, for any of you that follow me on Twitter, half of my tweets in the last week have been about I, I know they're silly puns about being excited, but it's true, like it, it's just it's such a weird feeling to feel excitement at the moment. I, I, I Brian, you, you mentioned it, uh, you know, tempering expert expectations and not tempering expectations right now. If you, if the season started tomorrow, I would be disappointed if this team didn't make the playoffs just because I'm, I'm bought in, uh, the social media from the players seem that they have bought in as well. Um, it, I know Eck wasn't the first choice, but Brent vegan was what the sixth choice for Montana state. And he took that team to a pretty good spot that I'd like to be in right about now. So yeah, it's unfortunate that that in some aspects that it wasn't Thomas, but I I couldn't be more thrilled with Eck. And the, the thing with Eck, uh, you mentioned it also the social media presence. I know that uh, Martin, who's uh, a large, uh, largely involved with our social media presence, I know he's over the moon about the fact that uh, Eck is on Twitter. I was gonna share the selfie video he took in the Kibby Dome, uh, or in excuse me, in the weight room. I don't know if we'd get DCMA'd for something like that, so I'm just not going to approach it, but if you have a Twitter account, at Coach underscore Eck, it'll take you a couple minutes, or maybe not even a couple minutes of scrolling, you'll just scroll through a couple tweets, there's a video he put up where uh, the day he was hired, uh, or the day he was announced, I guess, uh, walking into the, the little weight room and doing a quick little selfie video about how excited he was to be here. The... This is just, it, it feels like a new era of, of Idaho football. And this long winded point aside, Brian, I completely agree. This feels like the commitment to look, we're at the FCS now. We thought we were going to compete for championships. That's what we were told was hey, we're going to go down and we're going to go win a bunch of games. That hasn't happened. This here feels like that's what's going on. And on that same point, uh, we have a little bit of coaching news to talk about on the
1: new staff jump in first i need to fact check myself absolutely okay in the press in the presser uh jason referred to tracy ford by name Uh, reason i wanted to correct to clean that up: tracy ford is the ceo of ford sports performance in bellevue tracy ford played at the university of idaho as a wide receiver then transferred to portland state for his final year also played in the cfl he is brother of thomas ford who is Simon formerly Simon Fraser's head coach, currently an analyst, offensive analyst at University of Washington. Uh, those guys are just reputationally huge in the Northwest for recruitment. So the mm-hmm. fact of Ek bringing the bringing Tracy Ford up by name is just is a version of X seems pretty damn serious about recruiting in the West. He also brought up Ryan Knowles, Sandpoint High School head coach. So Ryan Knowles was actually at the press conference as well. Uh, you know he was seated at the press conference, didn't take part in it, just present for it which is to say Eck is not only talking about, you know, doing, uh, recruiting in the Northwest. He's, he's relative to being here for just a few, for the coach for a few days, he's already showing material ways where that's something, something he's serious about uh, a lot of, we've had a lot of vandals talk about that. And I, I think it matters to try to get people to buy in to a school, to get a culture. That's part of why the Montanas and, the, and South Dakota, North Dakota schools do have a bit of a, seems like they, they have buy-in to their programs, as in kids grow up wanting to go to Montana, Montana state or North Dakota state or South Dakota state in a way that we, we really want that to happen for Idaho. Fact check done.
0: Perfect. Uh, that's, so this is a, a kind of weird segue to make. Uh, so obviously Tracy Ford played here at Idaho. Uh, he actually played on the teams at coached as a, as an assistant back in the day. Like you said, he was a receiver. His brother, Thomas has, has uh, definitely some connections here. He's a person I would like to see end up being on the staff. Uh, We have no sort of news on that, but I I would love to see one of the Fords make it onto the staff. Like you said, they are huge into recruiting this area. And I think it would be a a large land, but uh, what I was transitioning to the commitment to winning. Uh, We do have some news about the offensive coordinator. Uh, Brian, I still have not been able to land this guy's name correctly. So, I'm just going to make the awkward like, hey, I'm talking about this guy and I'm going to start sharing it up on the screen and I'm going to rely on Brian to actually tell me about him and pronounce his name because holy piss, I, I'm i going to stumble through it if I try it.
1: Yeah. Th- now, preface in terms of how to understand this, this is similar to when we talked in the previous episodes saying that, look, th- this hasn't been confirmed by anyone. This hasn't been announced by anyone. There's been no contract signed, but we've had... Good sourcing tell us, hey, this is going to happen. We've been told that Luke Schleisner, the current wide, re- wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator for South Dakota State, is going to be coming over uh, with Jason Eck, and he is going to become the offensive coordinator for the University of Idaho. Again, that's not officially announced. This is not us attempting to break news. We are just putting you guys on even playing field as us. I've heard from three, or f- three different sources – have told me this three sources that do not communicate with each other. Um, I was also told to not be shocked if we have a handful of South Dakota guys who, who join ECK, but a quick rundown on Luke Schleisner, which is uh, he's, he, he has been with uh, South Dakota, been with South Dakota state for quite a while. Um, in yes, yeah, 2014 is when Schleisner. First joined South Dakota State, uh, became the passing game coordinator in 2019. He, before that, he'd been the tight ends coach for six seasons, took over wide receivers in the 2021 uh, season. I do
0: want to cut off cut you off real quickly, Brian. As you mentioned, he started as the tight ends coach. He was the coach of Dallas Goddard, now of the Philadelphia Eagles, and one of the probably, what, 10 best tight ends in the NFL. So just wanted to throw that in there as you give uh, a little bit more history on Schleisner.
1: Yeah, so he hasn't been a coordinator at South Dakota State, because obviously he was under Eck, who is the offensive coordinator of South Dakota State. But this trends in a direction that is not shocking because we've been told two things. One, expect around four-ish South Dakota State coaching staff members to join Eck. We'll see if that number holds. But we've been told expect a handful. uh, And handful, the number that has been referenced to me is around four-ish that that head over. And of the four-ish who are going to head over, if you are – an Idaho fan who just cannot get enough news about our potential coaching staff and you want to speculate, you should speculate towards younger South Dakota state staff members skewing towards Eck because the older guys who've been there for a while and are really bought into the program are some of the people who really want to rise within the program, uh, including like defensive coordinators who may think that when Stigelmeyer finally retires, God knows when that they'll be the head coach and they will move up a position.
0: I uh, I'm going to completely derail this. I really hope that CJ Butt comes. Uh, that is an all-time name as a name guy. That's an all-time name. Uh, CJ Butt is a graduate assistant uh, for the Jackrabbits. I would love to see that guy get a position coach here, just so we could say that we had a butt on the team. That's just I I, I just love that.
1: Hashtag only tubs we'll shift back uh, because we are of course not saying that CJ butt is joining, but if you are, if you are speculating on who's going to join, presume it's it's younger guys. This is an opportunity for two things for their staff. One, I know who's going to pay better than South Dakota state, South Dakota state X base salary based off what we could read as a coordinator is 94,000. Their coordinator is going to make much more. And if you're a passing game, if you're the passing game coach, wide receivers coach, and you come over here to be an offensive coordinator, like almost doubling your salary could be on the table. Uh, so at this point, in terms of new staff members, we only have one name we can say for sure. We were also, we did get one. There was one other name we have that I'm hesitant to even bring up. Um, I was told Zach Lujan from South Dakota state is a guy who may be joining us. He's the quarterbacks coaching recruiting coordinator. However, Conflicting information. I was also told that Luhan has been is going to be promoted within South Dakota State. So, what in terms of sorting this information, we have significantly less certainty on Zach Luhan than we have on Luke Schleisner joining our staff. But Zach Luhan would fit the mold of a younger South Dakota State guy deciding that he wants to get more money and move up the chain.
0: And just to, to kind of recap it for anybody that's not following us along on YouTube. So Idaho has obviously hired Jason Eck, the offensive coordinator. We're hearing their passing game coordinator slash receivers coach is coming to Idaho. So that knocks out the offensive coordinator slash O-line coach, the passing game coordinator and the wide receivers coach. I, I would at this moment, I would expect Lujan would stay at South Dakota state because if they're going to promote internally, uh, which they're a program that is known to do that, uh, Luhan might be in in line for a promotion be really great to see him come here but like Brian said have not heard the the extent of of sourcing about Schleisner. um I Brian is the one who does a lot of the the sourcing and information gathering I've had people reach out to me about Schleisner, so we're pretty confident in that again not breaking it but we're pretty confident he's coming I haven't heard anything about Luhan. obviously Brian has the one source
1: it's one source saying saying he will, one source saying he will not.
0: Exactly. So for anybody keeping score at home, if they want to promote from in, from within, Lujan might not be a guy that comes, but it'd be great if he would. That offense obviously has been incredible this year. Uh, obviously kind of fell flat on their face at Montana State, uh, only scoring 17 when I was expecting 70. Uh, I think that's what I said on the, the show we recorded before the game. But uh, that's that's the extent of the information we've got. I'm sure that over the next couple of weeks we'll start hearing more and more about different staff members that are potentially coming but uh, really the rest of everything we've gotten Brian is is kind of one sourced nothing nothing that sounds like it's set in stone.
1: which I want to circle back to the expressor uh, the reason why is Jason Eck talked about he, when talking about uh, benefits of Idaho or why to expect I why to call Idaho a sleeping giant or why Idaho could turn around? A little more quickly in other programs one of the things Eck talked about is that in spite of south dakota state these are my words not x right now in south, in spite of south dakota state being a clearly superior football school at this point to idaho idaho has more support staffing positions not just in terms of coaching but also as far as like academic related within the, the department which Eck was talking about that in the presser to 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 elaborate on why Idaho is a good place to work and why Idaho is committed to success on the field and in the classroom. But I bring that up as another potential pull for South Dakota state guys. And with how good South Dakota state's been recently, look, they made the, they finished runner up in the spring season. Then they finish, they lose in the semis in this, in the fall season. I'd be absolutely, I'd be fine taking a handful of their staff members, but South Dakota state doesn't look like they are internally as supported as university of Idaho, we just haven't capitalized on it in a way that we need to, which is why everyone should buy into X line about Idaho being a sleeping giant. As in, we I am not saying this is a prediction, but fans, right now, we should think Idaho has Sacramento State written all over it. Right now, with the right coaching staff, we we have not seen a ton of Idaho guys at the transfer portal. We've seen a few, uh, but another thing to watch pretty quick are South Dakota State guys who hit the transfer portal, which. I'm in communication with some South Dakota state reporters. Haven't got the names of South Dakota state players who've hit the transfer portal. I was told there are two, but obviously that's worthless information if I can't tell you who they are, but that that's another thing for Idaho guys to watch. You should probably follow a couple of South Dakota state reporters, uh, which I will name in a second, but that's closing out uh, the news we have right now on potential Idaho hires Dallas. We also have news about, we had some knots. We had some ends that need to be tied off. Uh, about we, uh, duh. Paul Petrino's gone, but Paul Petrino had other coaches. Dallas, we may have, or we at least have information about what's happening with the his uh, his coaching staff.
0: Exactly. Uh, so for anybody that's uh, super Twitter savvy or follows any of the previous coaching staff, uh, Price Tracy. Uh, I don't remember what his handle was before, but it's Coach P Tracy now. I do believe there was something vandals tight in that. Uh, his bio has been updated. It no longer mentions Idaho uh, coaching. He even tweeted out free agent ball coach. Uh, so pretty clear that price Tracy is not coming back price. Tracy being the recruiting coordinator and running backs coach the last few seasons. Um, I think the, it was his second year as the running back slash recruiting coordinator. And then before that, he was a grad assistant if I remember correctly. So I think three seasons on staff could have been two. I might be wrong about that. Uh, talking live without looking at it however what this means is i think one thing most vandal fans can agree on is the last coaching staff crushed it in recruiting uh consistently put up a put a good class together and the running backs while statistically were not fantastic last year i think just based on the amount of injuries that went through the program the running back position was definitely one of depth and strength for idaho um so the writing on the wall to me says, if that guy's not coming back, no one's coming back. Uh, maybe like a Luther Ellis. I, I, but again, I would think the strongest, strongest positions in the last few years have been the defensive line and the running backs. And if the running backs guy and slash recruiting coordinator is not coming back, I don't know how, I don't know who is, uh, we've heard, uh, from sources. It's not, we haven't been able to confirm it. Uh, and again, I, I, it's, I don't think it's something we will ever be able to confirm until it's actually happened. But we have been told, Brian, that none of the coaches are coming back. Eck is starting completely fresh.
1: Eck made a gener- he made a non specific allusion to that in his presser of saying he needed to let the new staff, the last season staff, know where they stand. Uh, jumping back a step, two follows that Idaho fans might want to to do on Twitter to get news, South Dakota State news that relates to Idaho because these reporters are doing daily work on South Dakota state Matt Zimmer on Twitter. That's at Argus Matt's with a Z and Addison Dehaven, which is Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Addison Dehaven three. Those two are both reporters out of South Dakota, different, different ma- magazines, not magazines. Good God, different newspapers, both who definitely talk South Dakota state football, Matt Zimmer, is a beat reporter who covers South Dakota State football. Addison is not a beat reporter. He He's just a reporter who happens to find it enjoyable to talk about South Dakota State football. So he, you will just see information on there. Uh, but yeah, what you talked about, Dallas, it shouldn't it it shouldn't be a shock that, look, as much as we, t- two points about this. One, as, as much as we do like some of the supporting staff Paul Pacino had, it's not shocking at all. That on a losing staff, the staff turns over. Now that that isn't an indictment of any of the position coaches because look, Jason Eck was a position coach on a staff that got fired. Tom Cable. Well, look, Jason Eck was obviously fine. They didn't. Tom Cable didn't get fired because of Jason Eck. Tom Cable got fired because of Tom Cable. Ditto. Paul Petrino. Dallas is uh, going to fact. Co-
0: check Correction. Uh, Eck was on the Nick Holt and Dennis Erickson staffs. Uh, two thousand four to two thousand six.
1: Thank God for that fact check. But let me. I'm going to double down on the whole point of coaches abs, Coaches get fired and position coaches get fired for no fault of their own whatsoever, especially when their head coach gets fired. So Dallas, thank you for that fact check on uh, Eck not being part of the Tom Cable era, which, I mean, I already felt great about Eck, but now I feel like .001% better. Um, but anyway, that's this isn't meant as a slight to any of the guys who coached Idaho the last few years, like, for example, Luther House. It's just – look – Eck is running his own show. He'll want his own guys. That's actually, we were told that's why Montana state had to dig so deep before they got Brent vegan. Now, of course it's worked out for Montana state to get Brent vegan. They're in the championship on January 8th. But one of the contention points of some of their other candidates is Montana state really wanted the continuity of their assistant coaches to stay. Now there were some guys that turned over like Kane. I own is the DC at Boise state. He had been the DC under Choate at Montana State, but other guys who stayed there, Montana State was more adamant about keeping them there. Most school, and that's why they had to dig so deep to get Brent Vegan, which is fine, but most schools, coach is going to say, hey, I want my guys. If there's guys I keep, it's because I decide I want them, but big picture, the staff's turnover. That's the direction it looks like we're going to get in Idaho, which sucks for the guys who lose their jobs. So, all I can say is at this point if it is correct there are more people like Tra- price tracy and we should probably expect there will be more people like price tracy fingers crossed they get a good landing spot because there certainly was uh some talent some coaching talent on that team um it just it was the end result didn't work the way it did and that's why we potentially have the turnover we will
0: exactly and that's i mean you know it's it's easy to be frustrated with what happened over the last I don't know four years or so of Idaho football, but at the end of the day, like these are human beings that have all just lost their jobs or are pending losing their jobs right at the holidays. Like it, it's tough, it sucks, and I do hope that they all land on their feet. You know, there there might be one or two that stick around, or maybe the the not necessarily coaching staff guys, like the the director of video and the director of operations. Those kind of guys might stick around. Um, I I know in the past. Uh, when I was in TV, you'd see like Ake's staff leaves. Well, Matt Childers, the director of video, stuck on for a couple more years before moving on. Some of those guys might be st- sticking around. The support staff uh, obviously is is not going to change a whole lot between coaches, but I would say it's safe to assume right now at 8.54 p.m. on December 21st, 2021, that we're looking at an entirely new coaching staff for Idaho football for the 2022 season.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's the safest gamble. And that is, that's most of the heart of, I'm going to call it hard news. Like I said, this isn't confirmed. This is best information indicates.
0: At Brian only talks about
1: hard on OnlyFans. Correct. Correct. OnlyTubs. Yeah, if I'm going to talk about hard stuff, it's on tubs. That's why you join at patreon.com backslash tubs of the club. Our Discord is officially called OnlyTubs. If you want that in your life, sign up. So that that's, that's really the news we have. We're not going to talk about basketball guys. We beat a Bible college level school, which, uh, cool that we got the win, but we're just not going to devote our time to that. Um, happy for the guys that got a win, but I, I'm not going to devote time to talking about Idaho beating a school with less than 100 enrolled undergraduates. Um, Dallas we're, we're essentially closing out the the new, new coaching talk, but circle back. Um, I guess I want to hear your, you know, just a little bit more your reaction to what you've seen uh, both from university, both from Eck on, you know, social media, both uh, seeing Eck and video. You were pretty dang excited when the announcement was given on Saturday. And by the way, I mean, you're excited when I told you, we, I knew on Wednesday uh, that it's going to happen. What, what's your level now Uh, Is your excitement for vandals, vandal football has it is it going up since the announcement day is it treading is it going down where are you at a few you know a few days after the announcement
0: uh to keep the only tubs thing going my hard-on for idaho football has only grown uh i am more excited now that more excited now excuse me than i was last week uh, it's been what six days now that we, that you found out and, and informed uh, the rest of the Tubbs team I guys I could not be more thrilled about this hire the, again the guy is saying and doing all the right things which yes that's what he's got to do right now but we've seen it before with other coaches that didn't give a single shit about nailing the PR aspect of the hire and Eck so far Eck is one of my favorite Twitter follows already he's He's quote tweeting Bro Bible about an article saying that if you took a blank piece of paper and asked someone to draw the head coach at Idaho, you would draw a guy that looks like Eck. He's retweeting it and talking about, "Hey, you guys need to get season tickets." And it's just, I'm I am so excited about this guy. It feels like Idaho has stepped into the modern era. Uh, I am personally really thrilled. And Brian, I know you have uh, you have a, a soft spot for Aaron Best in your heart already. As do I for completely different reasons. I he was one of the few coaches to ever actually learn my name when I was in TV, so that was actually really cool. Going out to Eastern and Aaron Best be like, "Hey Dallas, how you doing?" I'm like, "Oh hey shit, that you know my name? That's weird." Most people just say f face at me, and that's usually how they get my attention. Uh, anyways, Aaron Best is known for being uh, salty. I would say with Idaho on Twitter. I think Eck is probably going to lean into that, and and we might have a little bit of fun banter with with him, and maybe uh, Coach Barnum sixty nine on Twitter. It's it's going to be weird. the the next like the season is going to like involve a coach that not only wants to win but also kind of wants to have a little bit of fun with it too. Which fun is not a word that I've had associated with Idaho football in a long time. And at least if if they start losing, I think it's going to be fun, and that's that's all that matters
1: said it earlier the only thing we can judge Eck on right now is his previous performance at south dakota state which is obviously good and what is he doing with his initial steps he can't do he's going to be recruiting his staff he's going to be recruiting players we'll get a ju- we'll get to judge that or be excited about that when it happens side note i don't usually judge recruits too much because we we have no idea if they're going to be any good till they play but anyway um that's the thing that's going to have to be ongoing relatively soon we're in the dead period for recruitment so of course we're not going to have a ton of news there for a little bit coaching staff beer deal the other the only thing he can do right now is do everything he can to get vandals to buy in and he's hitting a home run in in every aspect there so my excitement right now is grown I mean I went from being 50 50-ish like when we recorded last I, I said when we recorded our last show before the announcement. I said I kind of waffled back and forth between Joel Thomas. And look, we're going to stop talking about Joel Thomas pretty quick because he's not our coach. That and uh, that makes him a non-issue for a non-entity too for Vandal Vandal footballs in the current team. And last preface: many coaching searches do not ultimately land on the number one guy. And that isn't a bad thing. If you get a good guy, we look like we got a great guy. So my, my excitement has actually grown from the announcement, from hearing, hearing that this is what it's going to be. From I'm happy about it to, I think this is just the right guy. This is the the committee, one way or another, landed on the guy Idaho needs right now. We'll obviously judge on field results when we're at when we're at that place, but we're not there, and I don't care that we're not there right now. I care about Eck doing everything he can to get eyes back on the program, get money back to the VSF, and get butts back in seats. He's absolutely doing that. He obviously he's already been making the rounds, uh, tweeting out pictures, of the corner club. Um, honestly, I joked about this on Twitter too. I kind of feel I am waiting, absolutely waiting for the Moscow, Pullman police, Moscow or Pullman police department to contact me with the restraining order because of how many times I have retweeted Jason neck or liked stuff with Jason neck attached to it. Uh, but that's, that's just where I'm at. And I think fans should let themselves be unequivocally excited right now. I think fans should have no thought of modulating your, your, excitement or whatever positive term, term you have for this coaching search and what we landed on, don't worry about it. Let your hair down. We'll have games. There, he can't do anything other than get fans excited. He's checking every one of those boxes. My enthusiasm has grown. I would easily well, actually, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this, but right now, Dallas, just off the top of your head, we're we're talking about fun coaches in the big sky, in not just in terms of like their on-field product, but their engagement with their fan base and the media. Who are your top four right now?
0: Oh, well, Eck is definitely in the top four now. Uh, absolutely. So um, you
1: have Eck in there. Who
0: else? Uh, definitely uh, Barnum. Uh, just it, it, like if you're going to be Coach Barnum 69, you automatically get into the top four. I don't care. Uh, I don't care if that was his number. Uh, just being Coach Barnum 69 automatically seals a spot. Uh, Aaron Best is definitely up there. Um. I'm trying to think of who else is fun. Most of the coaches that I follow are like you're, Bo Ball you're missing a big
1: one, but he's only funny. fun if you like his team.
0: Who else is fun? I
1: Bobby How shits on more big sky teams than anyone. It's just he waits until his team won. See, that's why I that's why I didn't even think of him. I'm like I'm
0: trying to think of the guys that are like that will stir the pot no matter what. I, that's why. I, I just don't think of Hauk.
1: Oh, Hauk is easily the most verbally aggressive of all big sky coaches, but he just waits to really say much until they've won. For example, he definitely uh, danced on the Eastern grave after that playoff win, uh, talking about it not being close. Uh, He's done that with he's and after after games he'll talk about you know who's not really their rival or how the Cats are their only rival. He he does that with Eastern on purpose to get Eastern fans touchy. It absolutely works. And it is real engagement, so I'm fine with that. I put Hauk up there. I wouldn't change your top four except I put Barnum last place because Barnum, like, he's kind of funny. I, I I'm finding his act to be slightly old, but it's not his fault. It's that because that I feel like people pretend Portland State's going to be okay because they like Bruce Barnum, when in reality, he Portland State is what they they are. What they are always going to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, X uh, to me, he's immediately a top three fun, big guy coach. Um, Bobby Haug is strategic, but he he's kind of the harshest. Um, Aaron Best is clearly the most like directly aggravating to people on social media. He doesn't wait till the game's <laughs> over. Which hey, good <laughs> no. news or bad news? He directly relates to that. I mean, he definitely like and Aaron Best definitely searches his mentions on Twitter. I know this because after mm-hmm. Eastern beat Idaho by fifty-one, and I tweeted out a picture of a flaming dumpster fire that said live, live look of Trino's game plan. Aaron best liked it after the game. So he definitely does that, which makes him a little bit extra fun. Cause you know, he's going to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Eck. He's been clear that he, he, re, he views this as a version of recruitment in that he, he isn't at this point doing the the stuff that you call like antagonistic. And he clearly, he's clearly trying to get positive attention on Idaho. And he doesn't have games to be referencing in an antagonistic way anyway. So right now, he's fun in that way. He's fun in like a direct, he will directly try to engage you type of way, which is different than Bobby Hacker, Aaron best. But yeah, he's, he's he's top four to me easily. I don't even know who five would be, but to me is, I'd I'd put Eck at number three right now. He's my favorite type because he's what we need to improve our, and to get butts and seats. But yeah, yeah. Top. No, no question, man. He's top three.
0: So I have a couple of different things I want to round off real quick. I look, talk shit after you've won. Great. Any jackass can do that. Uh, that's why I didn't consider how, uh, like Nick threw into the comments. Does that mean Twitter doesn't count after Montana loses? It definitely does not Up to, at least to, at least to how, and that's why I just, I didn't even think about him, but, um, I wanted to circle back just to the Joel Thomas thing one last time, because Nick, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Nick has been one of our Patreons since I think like day one, mm-hmm. uh, one of the longest supporters of Tubbs of the Club. Uh, I think, Nick, it's probably fairly well to say, or it's it's, uh, fair to say you're pretty well connected in the Idaho world. Uh, Nick put in a comment, Joel Thomas was his heart's choice, but after meeting Eck, Eck is hands down the brain choice. Uh, So I know there are definitely people that listen to this that are disappointed that Joel Thomas decided to stay with the Saints. Give Eck a chance, I think. I think... I think... This is going to be like the weird uniter of Idaho football. The fan base has obviously been fractured really since before the FBS, FCS thing. But since then it's, it's definitely been this weird divide of people that think the attendance is because the the team sucks or the attendance is because nobody wants to see FCS football. I, I feel like Eck is the first step in kind of reuniting the fan base and turning the dome back into the place. It used to be loud and raucous and a place, people like to come to because it's such a weird venue, but not a, not a good place to play at if you're on the opposing sideline. And so that's just kind of the the one last bow. I wanted to wrap up from the one person I know that has met Eck. He says, Eck is hands down the brain choice and that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah. I I don't have much else to add. Um, I think, I I don't, I don't think there's much else, much more to talk about. Um, as we have news, we're definitely gonna have episodes. Um, but you know, the big the closing points, this is this is a good week for Idaho football. Uh, people should definitely, if you are thinking about getting more engaged, give yourself permission to do it. We've had a long time to have disappointment be like what's re- wrapped in Idaho football fandom. This is fresh start. Give the dude a blank slate. And if he's given a blank slate, at this point, there's nothing to do but be excited about this. I've got nothing else to add other than hell yeah, J- hell yeah, follow Jason X, sign up for our Patreon, be part of only tubs, patreon.com backslash tubs the club. That is that's around the bar, guys. And you guys all know who who brings us around the bar. That is Hughes River Expedition. I'm sure Dallas is gonna get their website up. Yeah, he's got the website up. Colin, we're gonna not suck at this at some point. Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here, the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Mill Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway, and you can even check out special trips like the one to see the Percent Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches Run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the history along the river and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. You just bring it close, let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. I love that calendar you just had up, and with that, Dallas, I think it's time. Unless you want to make an introduction, to that cat behind you has been dancing in the video for most of the show. We probably don't have to introduce cats. That so cats.
0: That's but, Luna. Uh, she can go to hell.
1: Ouch! Shots fired, Luna. Hmm. I think it's time for Colby, Colby Acuff to play us out. Go Vandals!
0: I do have one last thing I'm going to drop in here, oh, real quick. It. So for the the few of you that are listening to this that don't follow the basketball team as much or don't listen to the basketball episodes, uh, non-conference play is finally done. Uh, tomorrow's game against Cal Riverside has been canceled. So we're fully on to Big Sky play starting December 30th. Brian and I have never been the biggest fans of Zach Kloss, I think it's safe to say. But to his credit, this team is completely different than last year's. If you have not paid any attention to this team, Obviously, we're going to be talking about this team more and more as Big Sky play ramps up right after the Christmas holiday. Pay attention; they might not win a whole lot of games, but they're a lot more fun than they've been in the last few years. So, I just wanted to plug our upcoming content. Basketball no, is much more fun than it's.
1: Been. That's not a bad idea. Let's give two minutes, really quick, as an update. Dallas, you mind pulling up their schedule so we can say say who their first two games of the new year are? Uh, yeah the the thing that the story to watch for basketball right now, heading into conference play, is. I think Idaho. He's got uh, right now. Idaho is sitting at what we're three and three and eight right now. Three and eight, but asterisk. We are one and eight against Division one teams. Have a big win against South Dakota State. Weird connection. We beat a good South Dakota State team. Yeah, ninety eight to eighty four. That's our one D one win. We've had a few close losses. Uh, We also we had that rhythm of we start out good bottom out in the most awful devastating way possible for four games and rebound for some uh, a win and a couple close close games we really need to pick up an extra win with that as our backdrop three and eight overall one and eight in conference i think that is zach claus's 10th d1 win as well hope probably has to finish close to 500 right around 500 uh we know coach claus is coaching for his life uh Whenever we talk about games, we're we're gonna react to what we see, and of course uh, the we've seen it offensively, as team's looking much better. And throughout from day one to now, the offensive strategy has also improved too. Particularly uh, playing more five guard lineups and bringing our posts out for screens and uh, and handoffs to initiate the offense instead of post ups. <laughs> Those are all great news. We still have a catastrophically bad defense. Rebounding's been better for a couple games, but. Klaus is coaching for his career right now, and probably has to get to around 500 uh, in conference. Wouldn't say it's off the table. I'd say that's the optimistic end of what we'd be looking at, but that will be the storyline we chase throughout the new year.
0: Brian, I have one last question for you. Yeah. So obviously the men's team is, I mean, maybe not re- on the rebound. That might not be the correct thing to say, but they're at least more fun, and it looks like they. From what we've seen in the last few games, they've come out of the bottom out. They might win some games in conference and and look a lot better. Which team is going to finish with more wins at the end of the year, the men's team or the women's team? Because if anybody's been paying attention to the women's team, Martin might be in for a rough year. They have one single win against Lewis Clark State College and have lost every other non-conference game, including their first conference game by 22 points. Uh, they start obviously the same time Idaho does uh, or the men's team does Thursday and Saturday Thursday the 30th of December uh, and then New Year's Day uh, the 1st they have one single win and it's a much worse win than the men's team has
1: because the men's and women's teams tend to play at pretty close times i haven't, I haven't watched enough to give a good take what i'd say is what i'm going to say is if if we have a rebuilding year with newly, people need to take his annex. newly's a great coach. Every coach has down seasons. Coach Mike Krzyzewski had a losing season at Duke like once. But, hey, it, it absolutely happens. Uh, the way talent fluctuates in and out, the way people can transfer or transfer to your team or transfer away from your team, that's just something that's, uh, that's new relative to the life of most of these coaches. So, look, we're going to have some fluctuation. If we have a rough year, guys, it happens, whatever. Uh, just running through their schedule, they, they do have a, a few close losses. You know, we, we lost to San Francisco by seven points at a neutral court game in Nevada, Reno, Nevada specifically. We lost to University of Nevada in a quote-unquote, well, certainly not neutral court games in Reno, Nevada as well, lost to, to them by one. So there are some close games built in, but there are also a good amount of double-figure losses as well. So um, I, th- I don't, I can't tell you what, what this, the outlook is. I, I will say just on paper, you should, the men's teams looks a bit more competitive, but the women's team, if you, if you run through their schedule, it's, it's, it's been relatively, it's been relatively tough. I mean, we did hang in okay with WSU lost by 14, which is, you know, the, the, we're in the world of moral victories. If you are talking about 14 point loss being okay, like we've also got a, pretty ugly loss at number 11 university of texas Uh, we have a pretty ugly loss uh, against oregon state well they're they're their pac 12 team this is a team that we'll we'll see what the turnaround is like in in big sky play nick weber says uh, women's basketball feels like a reload with some surprise upperclass and player departures last offseason entirely possible Uh, i'm just i'm just gonna say i'm not i'm not that worried about it in that, I mean, look, it's a rough season so far. doesn't mean it's going to finish that way, but hey, just maybe don't project Idaho to win to be number one or two in the conference this year. And look, we'll survive. That, that happens sometimes with, with teams, um, with the men's team. The storyline is is pretty high stakes of Klaus probably has to be pretty dang close to 500. And those first two games opening at Northern Arizona and at Portland State. Uh, I think those are two pretty dang important, important games for this team. We, we've got some positive momentum for the last three. We now we've had some downtime, which is tough to say momentum carries over after you've not played forever. But if this team is going to finish close to 500, we've got to exit the world of moral victories pretty quick and just win games.
0: Which is going to be tough to do with five of six on the road and the single home game against Montana state, uh, rough start to big sky play let's put it that way but if they can come out of it we might see uh might see him make a decent turnaround from what we've seen the last few years so make sure to listen to brian and i on the pause real quick
1: if we finish around 500 we won one conference game last year that is a good turnaround like that's that that is a meaningful turnaround if that's what happens
0: Fair enough. Is that a turn turnaround turn enough for the class experiment to continue? I guess would be the, the the question we're going to be answering all season long, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, and if, if we finish round 500, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a one-year extension because he's not going to go into the lame duck, or we would see a short extent, or we'd see a two-year contract. He re-signs a two-year contract. Um, that's what I would not be shocked about seeing. Um, I can tell you this might surprise fans. I'm rooting for the guy. Now we spent last year talking about how awful it was because it was awful. It was indefensively bad. It was the worst basketball I'm ever going to see. And I will not get over that anytime soon. (laughs) But this year, look, there are some good things happening. The defense is still a dumpster fire and I don't think that's going to get better. I think he's just a pretty bad defensive coach and that's where we're at, but he's shown improvement as an offensive coach in terms of strategy. He's certainly recruited better guys for this go around. Uh, And the rebounding has improved over the last three games in a way that's meaningful. So, Look, coaches don't have to be don't have to be great at every single facet. They just need to be good enough at their strengths to get us wins. I'm rooting for Zach Loss. Everything I've heard about him is that he is a good he's a good guy. He's the kind of guy you would hope when he's given his position he will be successful. We obviously didn't see close to that his first two years, and, and we saw no reason why he shouldn't be given the contract in the first place. But he's got the contract. He's here. He's shown some improvement on the team. Fingers crossed for the guy. I don't. I wouldn't bet on, on Idaho getting to 500 conference play at this point, but I do think it's a proposition close enough that it's worth tuning into this team to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. And All right, filibuster bar. aside.
1: That's around the bar. Thanks for coming, guys. We're gonna have Kobe and Cuff play us out for the second time tonight. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. So raise your glass and have a drink with me, here's to the vandals in the crowd, all just out there living live
0: in the dream, part of one and only Moscow drink.